Welcome into another episode of Dads in Timeout. It is your host, Jesse Williams, aka J. Will. And my computer is being dumb. So I haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks, which has pretty much been the standard as of late. I'm trying to get this sound stuff going correctly, and it looks like it is working. So before the NFL season, I was talking about how I was going to do a podcast every week, and that's still the goal, but things get busy. And part of what I wanted to originally do was every week do a preview show, and then every week do a recap show of the NFL games. And then I just decided that, um, or maybe my boss decided because I work like every time the NFL is on, I'm at work. So it's Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, Saturdays for college football. So there's no way I can watch all these games. And then what I do is once the games are over, I, when I have time and I'm at home, not hanging out with my son, I go in and I uh, watch video highlights of the game to try to give y'all some perspective. So, I made picks. I haven't revealed those picks, but I'm a man of my word, and let's just say my picks have been terrible. I went 7-8-1 and one in week one. I went 9-7 and seven in week two, and I went 7-9 and nine last week on NFL game picks. And I could break down all the analysis of why I chose each team to win and all this, that, and the other, but... I'm really bad at picks. I don't want y'all making gambling decisions based on you thinking that I might or may not know what I'm talking about on this podcast. And so I'm just going to cover the stuff in the NFL that I find interesting and things that I think that you might find interesting. So this NFL season is just crazy. And, and to be fair, a lot of these picks that I made were last second upsets. Like I picked the Bengals to beat the Steelers in week one, not being a homer. Um, yeah, so, and then I picked Pittsburgh to beat New England because I didn't think New England was any good. It just seems like we're worse. And then I picked Cleveland to beat uh, Pittsburgh, and I finally got it right in a game that we were in. And, yeah, and so I say weeks. I'm a Steelers fan. I know I'm not part of the organization. Calm down. So, anyways, ouch on NFL picks. I'm still going to make them every week and let y'all know how it ends up at the end of the year. I keep them saved in my phone. I just don't have time to do two podcasts a week right now. So let's start off with Buffalo and Miami. Um, in my opinion, this doesn't change a whole lot for me about Buffalo. I agree with what everyone else is saying. Buffalo has to run the ball better. I know this because I have Devin Singletary on my fantasy team. He splits carries with Zach Moss, and they're running Josh Allen way too much. Why he threw the ball 60 times in that game, I, I just I don't know if they're looking at Miami's secondary and thinking they can exploit it, but too much Josh Allen. and. I just actually got done watching those highlights. He looked like Josh Allen. They had to fumble at the goal line, and then the really bad pass at the end of the game. I don't know if that was arm fatigue, but he short-hopped a throw into the end zone on fourth down to lose that game. I still think the Bills are one of the favorites in the AFC. Um, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, I think. I don't remember who I picked to go to the Super Bowl, to be honest. Um I'd have to go back and look at that. I think I picked the Bills. Maybe if I didn't pick the Bills, I picked um, the Chiefs. And so, but to me, it's wide open. I haven't like laid any money down on that. So I still reserve the right to change my mind based on how the season ends up. Miami, I'm just, man, I've got so many fast receivers. They got Cedric Wilson. They've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. They have Tua. They have Gusecki. They have. They just have a very uh, – Chase Edmonds at running back got them two touchdowns. Tua looks sharp, but is Tua going to be able to make the big play in the big moment? Now, 
getting to the playoffs is the first step. I think if they get to the playoffs and he completes 65% of his passes and the offense looks pretty good, then then you feel good about where you're at with Tua. Sorry, guys, I have to take a drink of water. And so I don't think that's a big deal. I think that we'll see. Uh, Miami's in first place. I still think Buffalo wins this division, even though they're playing a first-place schedule. And so... That's kind of how I feel about that. Not too worried about Buffalo. They got to tighten up some things. And the one concerning thing about Buffalo that everyone brings up is this team hasn't won a close game in two years. And I feel like that'll change at some point. But until it does, you have to be worried that you can't consistently run the ball, which they never really have under Sean McDermott with these st- with these set of running backs. And then they're they're losing close games again. And so they're still two and one. I want to move on to Indianapolis versus Kansas City in a game that watching those highlights early looked like Kansas City was in control. Mahomes was doing Mahomes things. Um, Matt Ryan just looks super old, and I know Indianapolis won this game, and I know I don't. I think Michael Pittman played, but they don't have a deep receiving core. You can't rely too much on Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what to do with the Colts. I picked them to win the AFC South. Jacksonville actually looks pretty good. We'll get to Jacksonville, but in my opinion, this doesn't really. This also doesn't change a lot for me. Um, I think I'm trying to remember what happened in that game because I watched the end. Um, special teams were a disaster for Kansas City. Because uh, I think early in the game they like fumbled a punt return and then that set up a short field for Indianapolis to get on the board. I just think that Indianapolis was due for a win, even though I thought the same thing about the Raiders. We're not going to cover the Raiders game, I don't think, because I didn't watch the highlights of that, and they lost again. Um, I still, the AFC South is a joke. I don't think there's a great team in that. I think whoever wins that is a one and done in the playoffs, in my opinion. I just, I, I mean, I think I overvalued Indianapolis because of Frank Wright and because of Jonathan Taylor and because I thought they had a good defense. They have done nothing for me in fantasy. I mean, this team was down 20 to nothing to the Texans, got blown off the field by the Jaguars, and then hold on to beat Kansas City in a game where Kansas City really just shot themselves in the foot. And so, and Kelsey dropped a touchdown. Okay, that happens. I think Kansas City's fine. I still think they're the best team in their division. Um... Let's get to my team. I'm not even going to cover the game. It was Thursday Night Football. The Browns and the Steelers. Of course, the Browns won. Browns ran all over Pittsburgh. I guess I am covering the game after I said I wasn't going to cover the game. But this is more about just Pittsburgh in general. Listen, I understand that Mike Tomlin is in practice every day and he sees Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. But this is just getting... It's getting sad. Like, I don't want to pile on Mitch Trubisky, but... People have said, and you kind of look at it, he doesn't look confident out there. He doesn't look like he believes in his arm. It doesn't look like he believes in his legs, which is supposed to be his strength. And some of the play calls, I don't know how many times I saw a third down play where they threw the ball behind the marker. Like, And so the receiver is going to have to make some impossible play just to get first down yardage. He did throw the ball down the field a couple times. You had um, George Pickens make that huge catch and listen announcers stop getting stop calling him George Pickett it's George Pickens I know it's easy to do Pickett is Kenny that's the backup quarterback the rookie out of Pittsburgh that we hope to see sooner than later and maybe you just kind of see what you have right now and if you hear anything on the YouTube in the background I opened up a window because it's a little toasty in here so if you hear cars driving by just know that 
I'm doing what I can to give y'all a podcast, and I may end up having to shut that window because those cars are actually really loud driving by. Um, so at some point, I think you have to play the kid. Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, Fryermuth, Najee Harris has no room to run the ball. So this is just one of those. Listen, Pittsburgh should have a losing season this year. No T.J. Watt. That defense just falls apart without T.J. Watt. They can't get to the quarterback. I know they got to, um, uh, what's the back, Jacoby Brissett a couple times, but it's just a sad time to be a Steelers fan because you have all this offensive talent, you have defensive talent, and it's like it's just going to go to waste because you don't have a quarterback. And now, once again, you're just getting gashed by running games. Um, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. I kept turning to that game and seeing how low the score was which I wasn't completely shocked by. Um, but it just seemed like there was no separation in that game. Now, Brady was without Chris Godwin. He was without Mike Evans, who was suspended, and Julio Jones, who once again is hurt. They had Cole Beasley coming off the street. I guess Scotty Miller played in that game. They were just throwing the ball to random people. And they still almost came back and won that game. How Brady takes a delay a game as the GOAT in that situation on the two-point conversion, I don't understand. Maybe he's trying to do the audible stuff too much, which, I mean, that's what great quarterbacks do. They audible out of a play they don't think is going to work, but you've got to be conscious of the play call, of the play clock. Um, Green, Green Bay looked like they were really good early, and then Aaron Rodgers just didn't do anything for the rest of the game. And I keep hearing about this bad body language and not trusting his receivers. Like, does, has there ever been a quarterback – in NFL history that deals with adversity worse than Aaron Rodgers. Like, it just seems like stuff goes bad and he just shuts it down. Like, like he'll throw a pick and then he'll just go super conservative. And I don't know. Like, they keep crowning this guy. And maybe, like, I know we won back-to-back MVPs and he put up really good stats. But then the playoffs are always what happens in the playoffs. Since that one Super Bowl run that he had in 2010, Brady... People have made this point, and I agree with it. Brady can no longer carry you to a Super Bowl. And what I mean by that is he can't. you can't just take three average dudes off the street, put them at wide receiver, and Brady make it work. Like, he's got to have talent around him. Doesn't take away from the fact that he's the greatest quarterback ever. It's just, this has been a weird Tom Brady year. Like, it's just been one of those. They haven't scored a touch. Like, how many touchdowns have they scored this year? Like, three? Like, they had one against Dallas. They had... One last week against New Orleans and then one this week. All late in the game, it seemed like. It was just field goal, field goal, field goal. And then Tom Brady drives down the field and you're like, okay, here's Brady. Now, I, I wonder what this looks like once they get their full stable of weapons back. Because now you have, basically, if Julio Jones was healthy, Russell Gage is your fourth receiver and then Cole Beasley, like, I guess I guess Julio's going to be out for a while. Um, he's buried on the bench in one of my fantasy teams, so we'll see about that. So I still think Tampa Bay's fine. They're in the division where they can kind of coast because Carolina's not good, even though they won. Jameis has been a disaster, and New Orleans now has injuries to both of their top two wide receivers. And who else is in that division? Uh, so it's Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta's one of those fun teams, but I just don't believe in them at all. Like I like Marcus Mariota, but this is he's a placeholder to see if they can get Desmond Ritter ready or draft another quarterback. We'll see. Um, so they're fine. And then in the north, I don't believe in the Lions. The Bears are 2-1, but Justin Fields has thrown like – 
like 200 something yards in the first three games like they either don't believe in him or he's not good i don't know which one it is and we're gonna pause everything just for a second all right we're back uh we had to take a quick break i had to close the window because the sounds in the background i'll edit this on the audio link youtube you got paused now we're back so you're just gonna have to deal with it um making sure that everything is running correctly yes it is so in the big picture when you look at green bay i think they're fine because we just talked about it like the lions are like probably one of the most fun teams in the nfl but i just don't believe in them like not yet i gotta see it their defense has given up a lot of points they blew that game against kirk cousins saving minnesota season so now minnesota's two and one chicago's two and one green bay is two and one and I think the Lions are one and two. So I still think Green Bay's fine. I think they have the most experienced quarterback. Actually, they by far have the most experienced quarterback. And Minnesota has just been off since dominating Green Bay in week one. So we'll see about that. Let's go to Trevor Lawrence. Um, I would like to watch more on this, but from the throws that I've seen, he's getting better. He has an actual an adult as a head coach in Doug Peterson as opposed to Urban Meyer. Um, that was a disaster. Just go watch the Rich Eisen show on whatever network that comes on in the mornings. I love the Rich Eisen show. I just I don't know what network that's on. Um, but he, he will tell you everything you need to know about Urban Meyer. And to me, this is just one of those deals that it's – Jacksonville has a lot of talent. Yeah, they overspent for Christian Kirk. We understand that. But they have two running backs, James Robinson. You can kind of never know which one is going to, you know, carry the load. James Robinson had over 100 yards this past week. Jacksonville's offense looks good. A lot of people are picking them to win the AFC South now. I'm going to wait and see. Let's. I know Tennessee got a win. I know that Indianapolis got a win. Houston... They just don't have enough talent. I mean, they're supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league, and Davis Mills might mess around and get them to 500 or seven wins. I mean, they had the number one pick in the draft, I'm pretty sure. Like, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but they, they were awful last year. Um, and so, what we, we were talking about Trevor Lawrence. Oh, uh, who were they playing? Oh, they were, they were playing the Chargers. Hey, look, hold on. Hold on. Now these takes are about to get fired. Now I'm getting my second wind. Why in the hell? First off, first off, so last year, or, or Herbert's rookie year, right? You had the doctor stick the needle up in um, Tyrod Taylor and punctured his lung, and that's how Justin Herbert got the starting job, and then they brought Tyrod back, and then blah, 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 right? Number one, how is that doctor still on your team like even if it was just a you punctured a guy's lung and then he's doing the same thing to justin herbert thank god justin herbert didn't get his lung punctured but that's crazy then first off it's almost like they decided that justin herbert was going to make the decision whether or not he was going to play and i have herbert on two fantasy teams so i didn't know what to do i started him he didn't look great but he had like fractured cartilage in his ribs, whatever that means. I'm not a doctor or a scientist or a biologist or an anatomy person, none of that. And then they're up 38 to 10. And it's like, okay, like just put in Chase Daniel or whoever their backup is. Now I think it's Chase Daniel. And no, 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 Herbert's still out there getting hit. Like, dude, what is wrong with their head coach, bro? Like what is wrong with Brandon Staley? Like, this team is built to win now, but sometimes you just got to say, hey, look, I honestly, at 31-10, I, 
I would have took him out the game. And honestly, that game was, I think before then it was like 24-10. Like, I probably would have just been had that dude out the game. Like, he's the future of your franchise. Like, he is the he's the hope. Like, he's the guy. Like, you had Phillip Rivers for all those years, and, you, and now you have him. Like, he's the dude who's only getting better, and that's what y'all do. Like, I, I just, I don't understand it. I'd take nothing from the Chargers yesterday. They're still without Keenan Allen. They're without some players. I think one of their defensive players was out. And Herbert was banged up. Like, I, I'm not I'm not paying attention to anything about that game except that Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like a bust. And you give him the right coaching, and he's going to sell some throws. He's a big, tall quarterback. He's going to sell some throws, but I think Trevor Lawrence is proving why he was the number one overall pick. In the well, he, was he the number one overall pick? I think he was the number one overall pick. I mean, I know he was like, I think Jackson had the number one pick and they picked him. So let's get to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson versus the New England Patriots. The Patriots, Devontae Parker looked amazing for the first time since he was in Miami on my fantasy team like four years ago. Nelson Aguilar still doesn't look great, um, but Devontae Parker was out here making plays, and then Mac Jones gets his leg felled on, fallen on, whatever the word is, and he didn't look great anyways. I mean, that dude... He was supposed to be the most polished and ready with the lowest ceiling of all the quarterbacks in that draft class. And I understand why. Like, he's very mechanical. He can move a little bit. Like, he ran more than I ever saw him run before in his life. But he just doesn't seem like a difference maker. And maybe if they put the right weapons around him and game manage, like they do with Brady early in his career. But I still don't know what New England's doing. This is more about Baltimore. If Baltimore gets their defense fixed, I'm just going to tell you right now that I think... Well, first off, Baltimore, I picked them already to win the AFC North, and I think they're going to win it. If their defense gets fixed, which by fixed I mean healthy, which they're not starting four rookies in the secondary, if that defense just becomes serviceable, I think the Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Like, what happened the last time, um, and I hope that this audio is looking all right on the YouTube side. Um, It doesn't look like it's picking it up so well. It looks like it's lagging a little bit, so I'm sorry if that's the case. Hopefully not. But um, what happened the last time Baltimore didn't pay their quarterback and they let him go prove it? Oh, Joe Flacco went and won the Super Bowl and like threw like 12 touchdowns and no picks in the playoffs, and then they gave him a huge deal. Then he kind of fell off and then really fell off, and then Lamar took over. But Lamar, I was watching highlights of that game, and by highlights, it's like a 12-minute video on, on YouTube, on the NFL uh, page on YouTube. And it just shows, like, basically 12 minutes of highlights of offensive plays, third downs, touchdowns, all that. So it was it was enough where I was like, all right, Lamar is still throwing sidearm, but he has gotten to the point where he can just throw that ball in there and put it in a spot, like, down the field, too. Like, the, the, the guy's name who starts with a D, Dunner Ray, whatever his name is, that dude's fire. They had another dude, Oliver, that scored a touchdown. Like, their, their offense is, like, on fire right now and Lamar is making good decisions Lamar is sliding so Lamar is running and then getting down which I think is really good so he doesn't take too many hits he, he's it's some ridiculous stat where like the first person for three games to throw for a hundred uh, have a ru- hundred rushing yards and like three passing touchdowns something like that maybe it's two weeks in a row but he, they look super impressive and I would not be surprised if Baltimore comes out of the AFC with them. It's going to be injuries, and then we'll see how them and Cincinnati look battling it out. Because I think I still think Cincinnati's not cooked. Yeah, they just beat the Jets, but I think they just needed a win to kind of 
Because I've had two weird games back-to-back against Pittsburgh and, and Dallas. So, I'm okay with Baltimore. I think Baltimore's fine. Um, and I think Baltimore is super dangerous. And Lamar right now is the MVP of the league. I mean, go look at the numbers. Go look at what he's doing with very little defensive help. Like, the fact that he is just doing Lamar Jackson-type things, and I just kind of turned the camera a little bit because I realized that I was, like, on all the way to one side of the camera. And so, yeah, and I still have the glasses with the glare, so we'll take those off. It's just it's hard to read my notes without my glasses. In fact, I'll keep them on. Y'all could deal with the glare. Boo, I'm a ghost. Um, yes, so the Philadelphia Eagles. I watched the highlights of that game, Jalen Hurts, and that squad with Devontae Smith, who, good grief, I forgot how fast that dude is. That dude is a – like, he catches the ball, and, like, he's just going so fast. So you got him. You got Quez Watkins. You got A.J. Brown, um, who – is a really, really good receiver for them. Like, Philadelphia has done everything in their power, and this is why I think they're comparable to Baltimore. Both teams can run the ball. Baltimore's not running the ball well yet, but J.K. Dobbins has been out. They've had a lot of injuries at the running back position. When they're when they're running their offense, Baltimore and Philadelphia can run the ball, and Philly's got a scary defense. Yeah, do they give up some yards and points? But, man, they were shutting down the commanders. Once again, one of the dumbest names ever. Like, I just... I understood that you couldn't be the generals or the captains or the capitals or the, the ones, the senators that are already taken, man. But the commanders, like, I just... I don't know. I guess it's better than the last name. Even though, go look up in the history of that logo. It's very interesting about, like, who was actually for that and who wasn't. And then kind of, like, the, the notions that we get thrown at us in society about how that actually went down. So, anyways, I digress. Jalen Hurts has gotten better every single year. I didn't think he was an NFL quarterback. I didn't think he was a Pro Bowl NFL quarterback. And now he might be in the MVP conversation too. And I like it when I'm mad about I like it when I'm wrong about quarterbacks. I like it when I'm like, I don't think this guy can play. And he comes out and he's a baller. Like, I'll be the first one, dude. First, I'm not a scout. I'm not a GM. So my opinion does not matter at all. Like, I'm just a little dude on YouTube with some messed up hair and some grays, looking like I'm in a prison cell with my Cavaliers championship hat hanging on the wall, giving y'all what I think about sports because people always come up to me like, where's the podcast, bro? And I'm like, you know what? I'll give you a podcast. Cool. That's what's up. So... Jalen Hurts looks amazing. That offense looks amazing. I am a little concerned they didn't score any points in the second half, but I mean, they were. I was watching that. I was watching the highlights of that game, and I was like, man, they're just messing. Like, they're going for it on like every fourth down. Like, they were like literally trying to put their foot on the throats. Now, let's get to Washington. First off, Carson Wentz is trash. I don't want to say he's trash, he's playing like trash. But that offensive line did him no favors yesterday. Like, I'm not even defending Carson Wentz, but I'm sitting here like, I feel like Carson Wentz is ass. But then I'm like, I don't know, dude. Every time I look up, there's like four dudes in the backfield, and he's supposed to be mobile. But, like, this is not looking good. Um, Now, I've got Tyler Heineke sitting on my bench in my dynasty league, so y'all go ahead and put him in the game. I just don't know how this Wentz thing is going to work, like, uh, Terry McLaurin does not look the same. Curtis Samuel's been okay. They have Antonio Gibson. They have uh, the tight end whose name I never remember. Logan, I think. Logan Thomas is his name, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, I just... Washington's cooked. 
the Washington, the NFC East, like I would be flabbergasted and shocked if the Eagles did not win that division. Even if Dak's healthy, I just think Philadelphia is the best team. And I think Dallas is clearly the second best team because they just beat the Giants with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But I just, the NFC East has always been mediocre at best. Um, not always, but in recent years, right? And so I'm just, Philadelphia impressed me. And Carson Wentz, dude, like, I just, part of it's not his fault, and part of it's like maybe he's just cooked. Maybe he's just, maybe it's just not in here anymore. It's just, he don't he don't look right. Um, Sunday night football. Let's get into that. Because, see, I worked on Sunday, and then I got off work on Sunday, and I got home, and I put on that game because I had been following it on my phone because I got off at 9 o'clock, and the game was still on, and... My internet was still on even though I hadn't paid the bill. It's paid now, um, so we're good. And I hadn't paid my Hulu Live, but I have Peacock, and so I was able to watch the end of the game on Peacock on my 58-inch TV. Uh, Then I want to upgrade to a 70 just because it's bigger. And so I was watching that game, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, bro. Like, it's 7 to 5. It's 7 to 5, and then it's like... Like I, th- I think the final score was eleven to ten, and Russell Wilson had that one good drive, and you would have thought that like Chris Collinsworth was related to this dude because he was like, "That's the Russell Wilson we've been wanting to see." If he just like, it's like they're almost apologizing when these great quarterbacks are bad, especially if they're popular in the media like Russell Wilson is. Because I mean, he's good and he's corny and he's Mister Say the Right Thing, but he's that then he's all about self promotion. And listen, Jimmy G ran out of the back of the end zone. Shout out Dan Orlowski. Since everyone else is saying it, I'll say it too. Um, Dan Orlowski's was way more hilarious because Dan Orlowski was running around the back. Like I, Dan Orlowski had no idea he was two yards out the back of the end zone. He was still running out there trying to make a play. Jimmy G made some horrible decisions, but he also was like those defenses were so good. Like I don't know where the Jimmy G Trey Lance thing lands for me. I don't know how good Trey Lance was going to be. I don't think he was going to be good this year. This team's built to win this year. Let me see Jimmy G not against that defense and let's just kind of see how this plays out. Once again, I had Jimmy G on a dynasty the same dynasty team as a backup last year and he didn't really do much for me, but let's just I can't, I, he can't be this bad. It's his first start since last year. I, I'm willing to give him a half benefit of the doubt. And I also don't think he's great. I don't think he's like super. Oh, there went my camera feed. Oh, sorry about that, YouTube. Oh my gosh, this has been a train wreck. But y'all are seeing the thing, the stand that I'm putting the phone on. So I kind of wanted to get off that. So, Sunday Night Football was a disaster. It was a horrible thing to watch. The defenses looked great. There was one throw that Jimmy G threw to the sideline that I was for sure was picked off, and then Collinsworth said it. And had that had that defender broke like half a second earlier, he would have gone to the house. Um, somehow, he threw the ball. I don't remember who the receiver was because I had Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and their fantasy points stayed the same after halftime. So, that game was just ugly. Um, then Monday Night Football, we had Cowboys and Giants. All the Cowboys fans in the world. Dallas is 2-1. and one. The Giants are 2-1. and one. They're sitting there behind Philly. Cooper Rush made some good throws. CD made up. CD dropped one of the easiest throws I've seen. Like, his hands didn't even look right. They were just like, 
it was weird. Like they threw him, and his hands weren't in the right position to catch the ball. And it just bounced off his hands, which was a dime by Cooper Rush. Um, no, I don't think this means you replace Dak Prescott. I just think that it's one of those deals that it's you, you had to overpay Dak because what else are you gonna? Who are you gonna get in the draft? Or in free agency better than Dak Prescott. Probably nobody, right? Um, and so, you're stuck with Dak. You're stuck with... I mean, the, the running game for Dallas was good last night. Um, of course, I picked the Giants because, you know, they had their starting quarterback. And I didn't see the interception. So, someone correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, I I was just waiting for the... Because I kept seeing that there were no turnovers by either, by either quarterback, like, interception-wise, right? No interceptions, no interceptions. I'm like, all right, I'm just waiting for the Daniel Jones interception that's going to cost the Giants, and it happened at the end of the game. Now, whether or not the interception was his fault, whatever, I didn't see the play. I just know he threw an interception and they lost. Um, so this is the issue with the Giants is, like, th th this isn't the guy. Like, no matter what you do, this is not the guy. Unless Brian Dayball turns him into something. that he, I just don't think, like, he wasn't that good at Duke. Like, why are we picking a first-round quarterback out of Duke simply because, and I know, it was Eli's coach at Ole Miss that was now the head coach, that, that was the head coach of Duke, that coached Daniel Jones at Duke, because, like, he's in with the he's in with the Mannings, but that the dude is not a Manning. His last name is Jones, not Manning, so that kind of kills that argument. So going forward, um, I haven't looked at the schedule, and it's on my phone. Sorry, Spotify and Apple and Google listeners. I was thirsty, so I took a drink. The NFL going forward, basically, to me, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Baltimore are the only teams I think can come out of the AFC. I think Miami's interesting. I think the Chargers are interesting. And I have no idea what to do with the Broncos and the Raiders, but neither look very good. They, no team in the AFC South can win this, come out and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And right now, I would lean toward Baltimore. They just, the way Lamar is playing, like, you know, you only got to fix one side of the ball. And that's mainly due to injuries. And I, I trust Baltimore on that side of the football. In the NFC, to me, it's a little more wide open because I did watch the highlights of the Rams and the Cardinals game, which I know we didn't talk about in the rundown. But I, I want to see Arizona once they get Hopkins back. And I know that's another three weeks. So it's another three games without D-Hop. And then I want to see... I want to see if the Rams can figure out this not being able to run the ball thing. Because Matt Stafford... Is still making plays. Like he's still he made he made one play where like he ducked out of a sack and then like slung it for a first down at an arm angle that a lot of people can't make that throw. Um, now obviously they're very top heavy. Remember the T-shirt f them picks. Well, f them picks and these top end salaries. When people start getting hurt, your depth starts getting affected by that. So I think the Rams. So for me, it's Philadelphia. Not in this order, but just in general. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and then the Rams are the only teams I can see making the Super Bowl. And I wouldn't have said Philly before the year, but they just they look like they're on another level right now. And I know they haven't played the greatest of competition, so I want to see them against a healthy Dallas. I want to see them against teams outside the AFC East and not the Lions, right? Because 
who, well, I mean, they played Minnesota, and they, they spanked Minnesota. I don't know, like, this Kirk Cousins thing always has me flabbergasted on Minnesota because he puts the numbers up. They have the talent, but where's Justin Jefferson been the past couple of weeks? And that's not a, that's not taking a shot at Justin Jefferson. Like, I think he's a phenomenal receiver. I think he's one of the best in the NFL. Part of being a receiver is having a quarterback that can get you the ball, having a game plan that can scheme. And it might just be a two-week thing. I'm not, like, sounding the alarm, but... Minnesota is one of these teams, kind of like the Chargers and the Raiders and the Bengals, that always seem to do something to mess their situation up. Now, I know the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, but that's because Joe Burrow might be a superhero. Because behind that offensive line, I mean, and, and he's got the receivers, bro. Tyler Boyd's their number three. Like, that, that they're really good. So don't, don't count out Cincinnati yet. But... I just, Minnesota, I just, I don't think Kirk Cousins is that guy to take you to the promised land. Like, he's going to make you good, really good, but not great. Which is kind of a story of him. Like, really good, not great. Somehow fleece the NFL for all this money. Good for Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't have anything against Kirk Cousins. I just go, because people, and, I, I'm, and this is probably like the 10th time I've said this on a podcast where people like, I assume that people assume that I hate Kirk Cousins just because, I'm always so hard on Kirk Cousins. And I'm not even hard. I just tell the truth. Like, it's not one of these things where it's like he's out here balling out of control and winning games. And I'm like, well, like, I'm not pulling a Nick Wright here, okay? And I like Nick Wright. But sometimes Nick Wright sticks to takes, even though there's evidence that kind of proves those takes might need to be altered just a bit. And then a lot of times he's right. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I get that. And so, um, and I still watch his stuff. So, obviously, I have no beef with Nick Wright. I don't have beef with any of these analysts. But sometimes... I think take integrity, number one, is important. So, like, and, and, and I'm not saying that these guys don't always have it, but here, you know what? That's a good segment. Let's go into the problems that people have with national media. That's It's a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. And then I've got to run. I've got to go do some laundry and hang out with my kid and enjoy the rest of my day off with my son and all that. So, why do people hate national sports media? Well, there, there's many reasons. So we'll start with the fan themselves. Fan is short for fanatics. So you got a lot of fanboys, fangirls, fanatics out here that are, they can tell you everything about their team and they love their team and they're super passionate. And a lot of them really have no idea how the game of football is played. Just being honest. Not all of you, but some of you watch a game and you have no idea what happened in that game. You just, you know, they throw the ball, you know, the first downs, you don't know all the rules, you don't know strategy like any time an offensive coordinator runs a play that you don't like you do it all right and so and then a lot of these teams especially in college are in markets like so I'm an Arkansas Razorbacks fan we were number 10 in the country and nobody was talking about us why well we don't have a track record to prove it and I say we I never went I've never even been to Fayetteville Arkansas before fun fact but I've been to some Razorbacks basketball games in Little Rock. So my point is, is that we're not a nationally relevant program because we haven't proven to be that. And so they're like, oh, the media just hates us. The Tennessee Titans, the media just hates us. You've been to one Super Bowl with Steve McNair, who's not even alive anymore. Rest in peace. Right? You've got... Um, See, I like, and I'm different because I'm a Steelers fan, right? So we get some sort of national coverage because we've won six Super Bowls. We've been to four, and we have back. We, we had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and we're known for defense. And then we have a very engaging minority head coach that is very popular and 
happens to be a really good football coach. Like Mike Tomlin is really dope. And is he the perfect coach? No, there is no perfect coach. But we're a national brand. Like the Packers are a national brand. So that's another thing they go about is like, so when, when the national media does criticize their team, they're like, those guys, they don't know. Like, and, th- and that's the other thing. They expect that the national media guys like Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, uh, Key, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Jay Williams, uh, just go through them all, right? Like, uh, Colin Cowherd, Nick Wright, uh, Chris Broussard and Kevin Wiles. They expect that these guys are supposed to know every single player on your roster because these guys don't just cover football. They cover football, basketball. They cover mainly those two topics. And so they have to do a show every single day, which gets into my next point. So the first reason why fans hate the national media is a lot of them don't actually know what they're talking about. The fans... And then they think that the national media just hates all the small teams and they think that they're irrelevant and that they're biased to the East and the West Coast. Um, And then they're like, oh, they don't think the national media knows what they're talking about because they might mess up a name here or there. They can't tell you who the right guard for the Detroit Lions is, right? And so, because, like... I have like, and this is why like I decided not to just cover every single NFL game, dude. I can't tell you who the left tackle for the Chicago Bears is. I'm sorry, I don't get paid to do this. I know a lot about football. I know a lot about sports and what I see, and analysis and hot takes and all that. But like, if you're looking for me to tell you how good your fourth receiver is, like, I might not be that guy unless I saw him play in college. Like I'm like the, I'm like that fan too. I know a lot about my Steelers, but there's still guys I'm figuring out on the defensive end and the offensive line and stuff like that. Like, like I didn't watch every Georgia game. I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure I've seen Pickens play because I watched several Georgia games, but maybe it, he just didn't stick out to me at that time. Maybe their defense was so good that I just missed on him. And then when I heard we drafted him and I looked him up, I'm like, oh, this guy's really good. So the the other reason they hate the national media is because that the national media covers the same topics all the time so lebron james the dallas cowboys tom brady aaron Rodgers, that's uh kevin durant the golden state warriors who's the best of all time like they cover all this stuff nick's kansas city fandom um and so regular sports fans like me and i don't hate the national media but it's like dang man like the cowboys ain't even good this year but we're talking about them every single day like, when my Steelers aren't good, they're not talking about him as much. Which is fair, because we're not good. You should not be... There shouldn't be a topic, except for, is Pickett going to start on a national show about the Pittsburgh Steelers? They're not interesting. They're boring. Without TJ Watt, I was watching that game, and I'm like, this is boring. Like, I had a buddy over, and he was like, yeah, man, uh, this game sure is going by slow. I'm like, slow? Dude, it's 1.30, and it's halftime. Like... This game has flown by. Like this, I was like, at this rate, this game's going to be over by 2.30, and they're going to have to go to studio before the next game starts. Because neither they were just kind of running the ball, throwing little five-yard passes. I mean, thank God Pickens made that catch. And so, and then the other reason people hate national media is because these guys have strong opinions. And, and, and they're wrong a lot because everyone's wrong a lot. Because here's the deal. Like, I, I, I make predictions, and I say things, and I have to be willing to be wrong and eat it, Right. I have to be able to say something on this microphone or the other microphone that I use and be willing that someone's going to be like, well, I thought you said that, uh, I don't know, Minnesota was going to go to the playoffs and they won five games. You're an idiot. I'm like, well, 
let me ask you a question, Mr. Twitter guy or Mr. Person who thinks I'm an idiot. Um, have you ever made a take on a radio show or on a podcast or just in public to where like people can go get the receipts? Because guess what? I promote this stuff. So you can go look at all my stuff on YouTube, all my stuff on Spotify, Apple, Google, and you can go find a take that I had or that David had, my boy David Dillavu or Ian Hall, my two former co-hosts on the Rehab Sports Guys. You can go back and I'm sure you can find a take that we had that ended up being wrong. But that's the thing. It's okay to be wrong. But you have to admit when you're wrong, right? Like you can't just... You can't, there, there's, there's, there's hills in sports I'm not willing to die on. Like, at some point, I had to concede that, in my opinion, LeBron had not fully passed Michael Jordan to be the GOAT. It was a hill I was no longer, because the last couple years, he hasn't done enough or much of anything to substantiate that. And that's just my opinion. And I'm a LeBron guy. I've got a Jordan hat sitting on the couch over there. I've got the Cavaliers championship hat hanging up on the wall. You just can't see it because it's far away and... Yeah, so take integrity. like, And then sometimes I think people hate the national media because the national media seems gimmicky, right? So you have the debate shows. Um, and they go and they start yelling at each other. And I think there's a belief that some of the takes that people have are manufactured. And I'm not going to say who, but I think they think that sometimes people just play devil's advocate. They don't really believe what they're saying, even though their co-hosts will go on other shows and be like, no, that guy absolutely believes his take. And then sometimes it's just like, you you, you start to see, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Agendas, right? And so there's certain things that happen. Of course, you know that most media leans left, right? So you're going to deal with that whatever i got over it i like covering sports because guess what i don't have to listen to that part of the show if i don't want to right so like this whole brett Favre situation first off how that's political at all i don't know it just seems like brett Favre was talking to the governor and was like yo let me get this money to build uh, a stadium and then they're like hey brett this money is for like the really poor people in mississippi and brett's like i don't care i want a freaking volleyball stadium for my daughter bill we need to get this done any means necessary like to me that and i didn't even know we we're going to talk about this it just kind of popped in my head so that makes brett Favre an asshole if it's true like if he did that if he was trying to defraud or whatever take funds from the welfare fund in the poorest state in the country and you say what you want about welfare okay cool whatever and we might even have some things about that right like like the, the, i don't agree with everything i don't agree with the left on most about anything right but Brett Favre trying to get this money, is ain't, it ain't political, guys. Like, it's it's criminal, and it's wrong, and it's disgusting. Like, I lean conservative, and I get flack for that. And that's more because of, like, my, my, my Christian upbringing and my values and my, my faith and everything else. But, like, what's political about Brett Favre trying to defraud the Mississippi money for the poor? Whether you think people should have welfare or not, I, I, whatever, Brett, Brett Favre did that. And so, and we're barely hearing about it. We're hearing about it here, there, and then a couple of people have gone off. But it's like, like, why is this not a bigger story? Like, why is Brett Favre seemingly not going to go to jail for this? Not that I wish jail on anybody. But, you know, they be locking people up around where I live for, like, having too much weed in their car. You know, like, they be locking people up for missing court dates. Like, they be locking people up for, for, for white-collar crime. Like, you stole... Listen, like, I'm not advocating crime at all. And it's... But, like... Brett Favre, really? Like, that, like, I can't look at him, like, if he did this, I can't look at him the same. 
It's one thing to defraud the government. Because here's the thing. Y'all don't remember, was it Clinton Portis that just went to jail over this? Was it Clinton Portis? It was one of the Miami running backs that played in Washington. I think it was Clinton Portis. Um, he, my, he played at the U. Then he had played in the NFL. And then like he and some other dudes conspired to defraud like the NFL insurance uh, policy or whatever for like a couple million dollars. And like he went to jail. But Brett Favre's not going to go to jail. And I know what y'all are going to say. It's a black-white thing. I don't know. I don't know. But it, but let's look at that on both sides. People are going to get mad. But I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I have noticed in the last 10 years. So, okay. Let's talk about the black quarterback thing. Number one, I never, I've never, i never said that I don't think black players can't be quarterbacks. Randall Cunningham was really good. Warren Moon was really good. Dante Culpepper. Donovan McNabb. Michael Vick. Now all the guys, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Like the color of your skin has nothing to do with the, how you process information. But what happened is, is the only way for those guys to play quarterback back in the day is if they were really fast. And so the coaches never really developed the black quarterback, right? And so you had a lot of idiots out here say that black people can't process information the same. And that's racist. That's wrong. You shouldn't say that. That's not factually true. We just didn't have enough evidence, right? Because now we have guys that come out of college that can do that, right? Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson seems to be making his reads just fine. Patrick Mahomes. And so what I think happened is is African-American quarterbacks got a lot of unnecessary criticism early on during this thing. So in the 90s, early 2000s, right? Like, basically, if they, you had a black quarterback, you just assumed that he was a running quarterback, right? And now that's kind of been disproven. But I think it's flipped to the other side to where, unless you're Jameis Winston, it seems like... So remember when Nathan Peterman... like, And we all crushed Nathan Peterman for being as bad as he was. It seems like it's really easy to crush on the white backup quarterbacks than it is on the African-American ones. Like, can we just admit Jacoby Brissett's not that good? Like, they always clarify it with, oh, he's a great guy. He works so hard. And, and all that may be true. And I have no beef with any of these quarterbacks. I just want to look at a quarterback and say, is that guy good or is that guy bad? I don't need it qualified. Whether he's white, whether he's black, whether he's Hispanic, whether you got a Chinese quarterback out there, I don't care. Now, the historical stuff about how black quarterbacks were treated is important. And we, it, it needs to be recognized. But I think we're past that now. Now, you still have dumbasses that are saying stuff. These GMs that refuse to be named. That are all like saying that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a second read and is playing street ball. Those people are ignorant. The guys that... And see, here's why the Lamar Jackson thing is frustrating. Because Lamar is really, really good now. And he was really, really good in college. But the questions about him throwing the ball and the kind of throws he can make coming out of college and in his first couple years were legitimate complaints. It doesn't mean that he should have been a running back or a wide receiver. It just means, hey, this part of his game he needs to improve on. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Same with Hurts. Same with Tua. Same with a lot of the quarterbacks coming. Josh Allen. I thought that Josh Allen was a long shot because I didn't know you could teach accuracy in the NFL. And I was wrong. I don't think I ever thought Josh Allen would be a bust. I didn't see, like, MVP-level Josh Allen coming. And so, hey, I was wrong about him. Um, so it's like guys that play at smaller schools and got, and then your African-American running quarterbacks, right? And so it's just 
everyone I wish so you you can't ignore the past because the past gives context to why these things are happening right so like I don't know man they'd be they'd be crushed they'd be they'd be out here crushing Kyler Murray though like it's almost like they pick and the choose right and so like the media and I hate using the term the media because like what does that even mean bro are we talking like mainstream media are we talking about the news the sports media like I just want the coverage of the NFL and the NBA to be fair across the board. Like, let me look at a player and just be like, hey, based on what I see, can he play? Can he make the throws that he needs to make? Can he make the catches he needs to make? Can he shoot the ball where he needs to shoot the ball from? Because all the other stuff to me does not matter. Like, like, I wanted the Steelers to draft Malik Willis. I think he's really talented. Like, I don't care about, like, the black quarterback thing like can can the guy play can the guy throw the ball down the field on third and 15 if I need him to and everything about Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts this year is saying yes so who cares if they're black they're a quarterback (laughs) I don't care if they're white or black or any of this but it is interesting that Jacoby Brissett's the main one that he gets treated with like the softest of kiddiest gloves like and you could be like, he keeps getting put in bad situations. Listen, if he was really, really, really good, he would be in a better situation. He just would be. And it's hard. It's hard to be the backup quarterback and then elevate yourself to a starter. Taylor Heineke couldn't do it last year. Now, I'm not talking about the rookie that sits behind. I'm talking about the guy that comes in and you're just kind of like, hey, he's a backup quarterback now. And then, like, you look at Brissett and... Like, he was a placeholder in Indianapolis. I don't remember where he played last year, but he wasn't very good. Um, was he with Cleveland? I don't remember who he was with last year. Um, I have no idea. I know he was with the, the, the Colts, and then before that, he was with the Patriots. And so, it's just like, can we just say he's not good? He's not bad. Like, he made some plays against the Steelers, which is be now not becoming that impressive. And I hope I didn't offend anybody with that. Like, the, the whole thing is treat everybody the same, regardless of their race, right? Um, don't steal from poor people, Brett Favre, because that's disgusting. Um, judge a player based on his ability, not the color of his skin. And don't treat certain people with kid gloves. Like, it, they're players. Are they good? Are they bad? Period. All the other nonsense I could care less about. Anyways, I'm starting to lose my voice, just coming off being sick. So, this has been another episode of the Dads in Timeout Sports Show. My name is Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will. Check me out on Twitter at JWillSportsGuy. And until next time, I will see you later. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or check us out on Anchor for other places where you may be able to see this podcast. Have a good day and God bless.